Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Up, Thank you guys for, <laughs> for tuning in. We truly appreciate your time and your attention. Um, basically, you have tuned in to the MJB Music with JB Podcast, and we're excited to have you. I'm Mario J. Brown, singer, songwriter, and CEO of MJB Music Entertainment. And I am JB, a.k.a. Pastor, a.k.a. Musician, a.k.a. Songwriter, a.k.a. A little bit of everything. Yes, sir. Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Right, so right, right. Uh, we started this podcast to uh, bring you everything music education and culture. And we really mean that um, music education. We want you guys to be equipped. We want to be able to give you some of the tools that either we've learned or, you know, we're connect people that we were connected to that they have. And they're able to share this experience with you as well. So, JB, tell them a little bit more about what they can expect on the MJB Music with JB Podcast. So, on the podcast, you will learn valuable information from various entertainment industry professionals, such as producers, songwriters, makeup artists, um, entertainment lawyers, photographers, musicians, and so many more. So, uh, it's it's uh, feel free to chime in and ask questions. Uh, it's going to be a good show. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Want to make sure you guys can see us and make sure we're online uh, on Facebook. Make sure you tag somebody, share it with somebody. Um, we got a special guest today that you guys are really going to, uh, you're in for a treat, in for a treat. So let me know. Give me some hearts. Give me some likes. Let me find out exactly yeah, where on, we are. I'm going on there right now and checking and making sure everything is good. Yeah, I don't, uh, let me see it. I don't see it now. We got to delete that other one, but uh, let's see here. Let me go on there live. Let's see, here we go. Let me go on here. Um, yeah, before we continue, I want to make sure we may need to start from the top. That's cool. Um, let me delete this. There it is. I hear it. So we live. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So we're going to keep it moving. Let's give you our forecast for today. So again, thank you for joining us. Uh, we, we value your time. We understand that there's so many other things that you could be doing right now, but you tune in tonight and uh, we pray that you get some nuggets that'll help you along the road. Uh, today's topic of discussion is life on the road. Listen, let me read this bio. Sean Hinton is a product of Milwaukee's underrated, diverse, fertile, underground community of singers musicians and songwriters sean's distinct signature sound has enhanced significantly in the past few years his diversified sound has been compared to the smooth melodic sound of eric clapton major in addition he also has the intensified electric sound of Jimi hendrix and freddie king all of which are major influences in his career i'm sure he'll talk about that a little later sean has been performing in the milwaukee scene for over a decade now he's old y'all I'm just playing. Born into a family of musicians, father is father is his, um, his father is a guitarist and mother is an organist and a singer. Sean began to play the guitar at the tender age of 12. He's built up a solid foundation in the city of Milwaukee while developing his unique playing style with elements of classic R&B, blues, jazz, pop, rock, and hip hop. But before we talk to him, JB, tell us what's going on. What's the news flash culture moment of the day? Uh, so, um. Yeah, I don't have one. It's funny. I don't have one today. It's, uh, there's oh, yeah? Major, yeah, there's nothing major going on. I thought I was trying to find something, and uh, I dropped the ball. I don't have anything. All right. Well, we're going to keep continue to keep it on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I so, yeah, our, our, um, 
yeah our music education topic of today um we want to talk about life on the road um jb have you ever desired to be on the road and um like how long do you think the average lifestyle of a road musician is i always desired to be on the road and it was one of those things where um you know because of who my you know my when your parents are pastors you know that that is frowned upon especially as a musician trying to go out and sing and play and sing or whatever for the world Lord have mercy, that was frowned upon. So, but it was always one of my desires and something that I desired to do because um, it was one of those things where um, it was it was exciting to me. You know what I mean? And, and then you know to be uh, in different cities and play for different people and just play the camaraderie that you have with musicians. I, I felt like that was something that I always wanted to do. Uh, maybe one day I get a chance uh to to, yeah. to to be on the road but i'm too old now these musicians are way advanced i'm like i'm still a ch- i'm just an old church musician <laughs> yeah man you know i'm wondering how how long like i said the average lifestyle of a road musician is because if you're anything like me the older you get you know sometimes i don't know if you want to continue to be on that road man it, your back start feeling a little bit you, you you start really really appreciating your own bed and you know your own space and not having to be with a bunch of people all the time so yeah, I kind of want to talk to him about that a little bit later, too. But um, yeah, man. Um, so without further ado, we don't want to waste you guys time. Let's welcome my bro, the hometown hero, 414, y'all. Sean Hinton in the building. He's in the what's building, good, bro. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's good, going on, man? man? Doing well. Man, I can't call it like a referee with a broke with Sal. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> How's everybody, man? How's Everybody's family? good. Everybody good? Man. Family's good, yes, man. Yes, Sean's in college. Wow, wow. <laughs> my, I know, man. Sean is 21. My uh, my daughter, Tracy, she's taking pre-college courses now, uh, her senior year in high school. My my little one, Taylor, mm. she's 11. She just started middle school. My wife just graduated from college as well. Wow. Got her associate's degree That's in human up. resource management. Congrats. Congrats, yeah, congrats. Man. Y'all doing it. Y'all doing it big over there in the Henson household. Well, you man. know, hold, hold a couple of dollars. You know, Rascal Fats got to do what he got to do. And- <laughs> <laughs> Rascal Fats making it happen, making it happen. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. funny. So, yeah, bro, it's, it's, it's going to be a great night, man. We're not going to hold you too long, but we do have some uh, some some questions that we want to ask you and uh, just kind of dig in, man. I want you to feel free to. You know, don't feel like you got to rush. I want you to share your heart, man. Uh, okay. We want to kind of get inside the mind, the heart of uh, a Sean Hinton, man. Some people don't have the uh, opportunity of knowing you personally. So, you know, this might be give them a little glimpse into your world, man. So, Absolutely. yeah, just feel free to be free. Come so, on. yeah, let's get started, man. Um, First of all, you know, we already start with this question. Just take us down the journey to where and how things started for you. And uh, how did you kind of make it to the level you're on now? Oh, uh, well, I started out playing locally in the city of Milwaukee. Um, my first big gig was my grandfather's church. I started out playing drums. Um, I got tired of sharing the drums with my cousins. So I wanted to learn how to play the guitar because I felt like that was cool. It was a cool instrument to play. And um, I, I, I kind of, you know, it was kind of a glorified thing because all I could do was picture myself with shades on, sitting on the edge of the chair at church, just playing one note and everybody losing their mind. So it started out yeah. that way. But then my my love for it deepened and, uh, you know, just listening to other guitar players. Um, 
Uh, Tiddy Milwaukee House of the Arts was not known as a guitarist. I was known as a bass player and a drummer. Wow. Um, mm. I, 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 I made my bones at Greater New Birth as a drummer okay. and guitar player. Uh, then I played at Holy Recovery as a guitar player, served as a guitar player for Wisconsin State Youth Choir. Uh, oh, wow. Um, Leroy Harmon and the Voices of Praise from Holy Redeemer. Yeah. I played with them. I played in the Inspire Corral. I played for New Jeff Creation Tucker. one time. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, New <laughs> Creation. I used to play with New Creation. Uh, Growing Nation, which was a hip hop R&B collective. I played drums yeah. and guitar there. Um, and one year, man, two, I want to say this was like 2002. I went to Summerfest to go see Tweet perform. I met Nissan Stewart and Rex Hardy. Rex Hardy was playing for Jersey Ave, which was the Lattimore brothers. And um, mm -hmm. I had had set up a situation with Rex. I was telling him I was just trying to make a name for myself in Chicago. So I really wasn't thinking about, you know, to me, that was the pros. I didn't think it was obtainable to play for a major R&B artist. It wasn't even in my head. So when I sent them a videotape of me playing for Rodney Cunningham, the first gig I got was playing for Dave Hollister. From playing with Dave Hollister mm -hmm. in 2002, it was a snowball effect. I went from playing with Dave, um, played with Kelly Price, uh, played with 112. And then I got a phone call in 04 to play for Mary J. Blige. And from 04 up until about 08, I had stopped playing with Mary in 08. And started playing with Little Wayne, <laughs> and then from Little Wayne, I did John Legend, I did Angie Stone, Jill Scott, and back to Mary. Yeah, 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 man. Um, a couple things I want to touch on, man. First of all, um, you know, salute to you serving in your hometown and building not only a name for yourself but preparation, man. Like. I think some people try to skip past that process. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. named, I probably at least 10 different people that, you know, you play with before you got that big opportunity. And I think we, a lot of people nowadays, we miss that. They want to jump right into the, you know, the majors, but before we kind of really take care of home. So man, you know, we appreciate you, you know, 414. That's, that's, that's always gonna be my home. I'm in Atlanta now, but that's, that's yeah. forever home. Maybe who Absolutely. I am. And, you know, just thank you for everything that you've kind of uh, sold into that ground, man. It's really, really good. And you're well respected by everybody that I know. Like, I haven't heard anything bad about Sean, and I, I appreciate that, man. Yes, well, sir. Keep on living. It's on the so. way, Doc. <laughs> everybody don't like me, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you, you, you wouldn't be human if everybody did like you. Come on, exactly. man. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's funny you kind of you went uh, into some things I was going to ask you about. So your bio it really only scratches the surface. Um, and I was reading it, and I'm just like, okay, I want to talk to him about this because I noticed specifically you do not mention Mary J. Blige, you do not mention Jill Scott, you do not mention Little Wayne, you mention Milwaukee. You know, so man, tell me about that. What, what, why is that left out of your bio? Those well, major key points. You, you needed something short, <laughs> and I found okay. the shortest thing that I that I had. I could have put the Mary thing, and 
I could lie and be like, because I love my city. I just was just, it was the only thing that I had that was short. <laughs> I kind of figured like, okay, well, we'll probably talk about me playing with all of these artists and stuff like that. So. I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It, it did kind of catch me. I was like, you know what? The highlights of, of your career weren't listed. And it, it told me a couple things about you, honestly, because I think your work, number one, speaks for itself. And you know, most people that would have been the first thing they put on their bio. Come you know on, man. Saying? And the fact yeah. that that you that you had some some very like really homegrown things like that, that that spoke to me about your character because you wasn't really even trying to push that up front. You know, dude. And the thing so, is, yeah. is I love some of my best moments, honestly, come from playing in the city. Like I can recall yeah. times of playing at different bars here, man, and even though it ain't a lot of people there, like I can count on one hand how many people that showed up to a, a show me and my band Shotgun did at Lucille's Piano Bar. But we played like it was yeah. a thousand people in there. And those be some of the best moments because I'm playing with my bros. Like Ruination was me playing with my bros, playing the State Youth Choir. Like that was for me when I got the phone call to do that, to, to play with State. And to do that first live recording, I was a sophomore in high school. I'm like, I mm. hit the majors. I felt like I had hit the majors because State <laughs> right. had such a, a a dope roster of musicians. You, Jermaine Wright, Randy Brown, Sam McLean, Dennis Marshall, uh, yeah. uh, Andre Neighbors. Like, dog, yes, to be a part of that, I was like, oh, absolutely. This was the business because after that recording, I went back to school and I was the man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. So uh, tell us, man, when did you when did you know? Like, is this something that you recognize at a very early age that you, uh, you know, were, were gifted and talented? Like, is this something that your parents, you know, they picked up on at an early age and kind of started to sow into you? And uh, where, did, where did the passion start? When did it start burning? like on the inside for you to, you know, know this is what you were born and called to do. It started burning in high school. That's when it started burning. Cause I, my cousin Afton mm. Johnson was playing with the band Growing Nation. And, you know, he was old enough to play in bars. I still, you know, I'm a sophomore in junior high school. So I just, I wanted to see what the band was about. And when I got a chance to see what it was about, I was like, oh, man, I need every part of this right now. Because for me, I'm playing around a city and bars was big to me. You know what mm. I'm saying? So, like, it was it was something that I knew I wanted to do. Like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to flip burgers for nobody. I don't want to sell furniture for nobody. I don't want to be no medical records clerk. I want to be a mm. musician. Notice I said all of the D three jobs that I had to work while I was doing right. music. Right, right. <laughs> but my mom and my and my dad they invested you know because they got and i don't know if i want to call it investing because my mom just got sick and tired of me beating on the arms of her couches and <laughs> beating on lampshades and cymbals so it was just like okay we're gonna either buy this boy a drum set or he gonna tear this house up so <laughs> my mom and my dad bought me a drum set and that was it it was the rest was history so, so that, that was your first first that was your first love then the drums 
Uh, dude, come on. Mario, what musician's wow. first love wouldn't be drums? <laughs> For real. Right. Is that because it's is that because it's the easiest instrument to play? But it's not the easiest it. instrument. And exactly. And they loud too. <laughs> dude, and it's so much stuff up there. All right, right. All, like it's and you got so much options to hit. This is like, yeah, I yeah. want to do this. I want to make noise all day long. That's right, right. <laughs> wow. And the drummers look like they were having so much fun doing a service. You know that. You know how it is. They look Dog. like they had the most fun. So it's like, yeah, I want to be a drummer. <laughs> Dog, listen, it was so serious being a drummer here in Milwaukee, dude, at New Birth, being a drummer at New Birth. And this is when we was heavy into wrestling, dude. I used to come to church with a wrestling belt. What? <laughs> <laughs> I used to. I used to think I was the Rock, bro. I used to wear the little, the little fake Versace shirt, had the oh glasses God, on, like bro. I was Rock. And I dog and Bishop Burke. One one day we did a concert. This is the time that Bishop let us all let the choir go out and play, and he grabbed the belt. Like this belt means, I guess they must be the best band in the city of Milwaukee. I stood up and gave the people's eyebrow in church. <laughs> Bro, you know, you know nobody, there's a lot of people that didn't know this story. You didn't have to tell it. You really didn't have to tell us that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> but those are the growing yeah, pains. Right, right. Yeah. that's hilarious. Wow, Absolutely. the bell in church. Mm-mm-mm. Used to walk that's around with a WWF belt in church. <laughs> I never put it on my waist. I just had it over my shoulder. <laughs> just the champ, huh? The champ is here. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was pulling myself oh, in. As you can see, it caught up. That's what's up, bro. I want to ask you some, um, you, we're going to start the transition into some, uh, you know, a little deeper. But I want to ask you some technical questions, too, you know, because okay. I know that there are some, some listeners and viewers that are um, either accomplished guitarist or maybe are looking to you know start to learn how to play so just real quick do you have a favorite guitar and uh and what and why a favorite guitar um yeah uh not really i mean thank god for my uh the, the company that sponsored me Schecter guitars i have a i love them all <laughs> honestly huh. but it's, it's really not a specific guitar that I'm just like absolutely completely fond of. Like this is my go-to. I had one mm. once upon a time, but I still feel like it was fake. You know what I'm saying? I had a guitar. It was an orange strap. I got it from Philly when I was out on the road with John Legend. And um, we were gearing up for the John Legend and Sade tour. And I saw this Fender orange sparkle strap. And I named it Leslie, <laughs> like okay, and I was trying to be like my grandmother's cousin. His name was uh ML, and he had a guitar, and the name of his guitar was Magic. And all of his like recordings that he would do, like it would be ML and Magic. So I was trying to be like them, him, and, and be like Sean and Leslie. So mm. you know, I I, I yeah. love the way that a Stratocaster looked. But I don't know if I would call it my favorite because, I mean, I learned this from Eddie Van Halen watching this on YouTube. Your tone is in your hands, so wow, you could play wow. a, you could play a piece of crap guitar and make it sound good if, because it's all here. 
Wow. Just like you can play a, a, a $10,000 guitar and make it sound good. It's it's here. It's in your hands. Wow. Is there? Yeah, I, I know. Something. I, picked up, I picked up a guitar and started trying to play acoustic uh, just because I wanted to be like, like uh, you know, the praise and worship guys who play, play, yeah. play, play you know. And so I wanted to uh, pick up an acoustic guitar and I started playing it. Uh, but when I did so, a lot of guitar players were telling me, like, dude, you should first learn on a uh, a strap or something like that because the neck is smaller. Uh, is there a preference that you have for playing? Do you prefer, prefer acoustic over uh, a strap or a, a electric guitar? Um, they all serve a great purpose. Like acoustic guitar for me, and I get this, I learned from being around Mario Brown when he was <laughs> writing and I would write with him. Like acoustic guitars. It's just a way to go when you're doing a singer-songwriter thing. Yeah, Electric guitars is for when you want to dime an amp and just go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> That's what electric guitar is for. Stratocasters versus Les Pauls, they have different sounds. Like Stratocaster has three pickups where a, teleca a Telecaster has two pickups or Les Paul will have two pickups. So with three pickups in a Strat, you got five options, five different sounds you can get from the guitar. Wow. Three way you can get three sound like three uh three tones. Neck is one tone, middle is so neck is one pickup. Yeah. Middle is both pickups. Bridge is just the bottom pickup for like a a, a guitar with humbucker double humbuckers in it or a telly with the neck pickup and the bridge pickup. Strat if you go to the top that's a that's a neck what is it? Yeah, I said uh, that's the neck pickup. You go, you go down a little bit, which is that's fifth position. So fourth position would be neck in middle. Mm -hmm. Third position would be just middle. Second position would be middle bridge, and first position would be just bridge. Wow. Mm. I know that's nerdy, <laughs> but that's hey, that's good stuff, man. That's, that's exactly what we need. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You gotta ed educate us. I have no idea what all of that meant. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, you know, I think it's sometimes unfair, man, how how uh I don't think I know any keyboard player that didn't start on the drums and elevate or, or grow to become a, a keyboardist. And so I thought that would be, you know, I'm a, I'm a drummer as well, but I never graduated to anything else. So I don't understand, <laughs> you know, what i got lost in that shuffle but, but again i did I, like james i picked up an acoustic guitar and learned a couple songs in g um beyond that <laughs> as far as i go but, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um do you have any did, were you self-taught or was there someone that you know is this something that you picked up on 15 16 years old and said and realized that it was just a gift it came naturally at the age of 12 i started playing the guitar my my birth father gave me my first guitar my grandfather strung up my guitar showed me my first my first three chords and i was hooked so from there on man mm -hmm. i would you know um listen to the radio and try to mimic what i heard i had a um i had a guy his name was vernon and he was my mother my mother's boyfriend he had I don't know how the devil this dude would get guitars, but he had guitars. And my mama got her income taxes one time. And he's and I bought this white 
Squire guitar from him. And his friend who had the guitar showed me some chords. So mm. it just, the, the love deepened, man. And then just, again, listening to the radio. Dude, I suffered for my instrument. Really? And the reason, and I say I suffered because bedtime is 8.30 at night for me at home. <laughs> mm. And I wasn't trying to go to bed at 8.30. I got a guitar in my room and a radio. And I'm sitting and I'm listening to the radio. I got the TV on, so it looks like I'm just watching TV. My mama will open the door, catch me playing the guitar, and I get a whooping. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not because I'm not in bed. Because I'm trying right. to practice. Right. I'm, I'm trying to be good. So I yes, suffer I for do. my instrument. <laughs> wow. wow. That's Man, crazy. that's that's what it took. I'm I'm sure she's happy now that you that uh, oh if you talk to her, she'd be like, late. Yeah. He did. I'm glad he did it. I'm not glad I got the whooping though. <laughs> man. <laughs> Dude, your parents are the best, man. I, I think I've only met them one time and, and it stuck with me. Just their personality, just vibrant, man. Just, yeah. just great, great people. Like people you never forget. You know what I'm saying? And even Absolutely. just like I said, I only met them one time. But I, I will never forget them. I felt like I've been knowing them for a long time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's what's up, man. So um let's let's transition to um your your career. I mean, I know that you've uh, like like many of us have had some some uh, ebbs and flows, some you know peaks and valleys, some some rough times. So, what has been um, what have you found to be the most challenging part of your career? Being home and not working. You know, like when I first started touring, and I consider my first real tour with Mary because. We went overseas, man. Like I had to get a passport. I had, had no idea. Like when I had got the gig, they was like, "Do you have a passport?" I was like, "Nah." So I had to spend like seven hundred dollars to get a passport expedited to me in New York, because we mm. went to places like Germany, Italy, France, London. Like it was all of these places I had only read about in books at school man so to be over there it was big and then for the and when the tour is over you just right back at the house like okay what's next like you still riding that you still riding that high like man like you go from sleeping in four to five star hotels to Mm. you know Looking out your window in North Lund in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's real. <laughs> like, oh God, this is not the business. <laughs> wow. Wow, man. So that's almost like an escape. I never even thought about, you know, our topic tonight is the road life of a musician. And um, you know, sometimes you look at one side, people want to get home because they get kind of burnt out on the road. But then I never thought about the other side. It's like, man, that's an escape. It's like you you in paradise for a minute, and if home ain't the sweetest part, like when you call you you coming back home to like oh man, that can and be not very, that I had challenging, man. issues at home or nothing like that. It right, just right, was, right. For me, I just enjoyed seeing things that I had never seen. Man, you know, yeah. I got to see the Eiffel Tower. Is this is almost old to me now? Whenever I go over there, because that's the first place I want to go. I want to go see the Eiffel Tower. I want to go see Big Ben. I want to go. You know, I want to go see the, the 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 in London. You know, the the guards that be standing there and they can't do nothing. 
I saw yeah. all of that, bro. Like all of that. And then to come home, it's just like everything's at a standstill. And then you used to that, that, that check just hitting your account on time yeah. every week. You just like, wow. and it's over. You at home, you're trying to figure out what the next move is. And how do how do you manage something like that? Like, I don't I'm, I don't know if you had this issue, but I know that some musicians do, especially when the younger ones, when they come into that type of money, like money management, man. Dude, have, um, you, have you um struggled from that? I, I, you know, I'm a human being, so I'm the cat that I was a cat that would love to go to the mall, go buy sneakers and go buy clothes. But I had the blessing and the privilege of knowing people that told me like, yo, fall back. Like my boy Natural, mm-hmm. um, the guitar player that used to play for Usher. I'm, when I was rehearsing with Mary in New York for that tour, you know, it was my very first time playing with Mary. And I had got a chance to meet Natural at Applebee's in Times Square. And he adopted me as his little brother. And he told me, he was like, dude, don't blow your money on sneakers, man. Don't don't be out here just spending mm. all your money, man. He said, you better get you a crib. And at the time, my first marriage, that was she was on that and I was on that. I was like, cool, let's get a crib. So I came home from tour to a crib. Like I was like, <laughs> right. perfect. Yeah. I mean, I still had, you know, I still wanted things, but you know. I knew what had to be put up to do what needed to, you know, what needed to be to get done, and then yeah. not necessarily splurge, but you know I was rocking sneakers that did nobody have in Milwaukee yet in my circle. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember some of them days. I'm looking down at the feet like, ah, okay. <laughs> I used to come on with all of the the vintage baseball jerseys. I was on an island. <laughs> man that's what's up now speaking of that road life man like speak to like food and like are there any are there any dietary habits that you had to develop so that you you know because i'm like man just being on the road you, you don't have a set maybe set time to eat you eating late you're doing that kind of like how do people or what advice can you give people uh, on the road what have you seen what's funny is i lose i lose weight when i'm on the road and gain it when i'm back at the house <laughs> that's, wow. that's wow. crazy because we do eat crazy dude like when you on the road and especially if you're doing like if it's a show day you get per diem and they still get you after show food for the bus so <laughs> we'd be on the, we'd be like ordering buffalo wings sub sandwiches like Ain't nobody trying yeah. to order no damn salad. <laughs> we all just <laughs> pizza. Dog, we cutting the food on the, on the road when it comes to that food thing. But I lose the most weight, for real. Like, I mean, I guess maybe because we do so much moving around. You know what I'm saying? Because when I get home, it be stagnant, man. Like, I be yeah. looking at myself like my wife. I, I saw a picture of me and my wife and I had just came home from the road. And she could put her entire arms around me. <laughs> now, it ain't sweet. I'm, <laughs> I got <laughs> work to do. More love. I got this. Yeah. There's too much to love. There's <laughs> 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 way too much. But yeah, man, but it's 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 really no dietary situation out there unless you 
you tell you make it known, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I don't want to eat after this time. Then you'll have people that uh, help try to hold you accountable, but ain't nobody trying to be held accountable. We just got off the stage. Right. We didn't burn calories on stage. It's hot on stage. Yeah. You got lights on you and you moving around. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you burning it. So you, yeah. you trying to pick them calories back up. So Wow. You know, and I can see that too. You know what I'm saying? As far as a lot of movement going on, just take us through like a, a, a busy day. Like let's say you get to the city that you got to play in take us from like early morning sound check to you know up until it's time to play like what does that day look like oh, for somebody that's never been on the road it depends even not. down to wait before you go there even down to uh like credentials like when do you get that type of stuff so you can move around and people know who you are and then like comp tickets <laughs> really speak to that <laughs> i would love to speak to that because i hope to educate yeah. somebody Come on, uh, here, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> so you get your credentials. The start of production rehearsal, right? When and production rehearsal is after the band has had rehearsal, and now you're you're at the venue. You, you're you're where you, you you're. Let me see. How do I put this? Now is the day. The production rehearsal is where how you see how everything looks. Cause this is how it's going to look mm-hmm. for the rest of the tour. When we get there, we take our, our tour pass picture, get it probably like the end of the day. And um, I have to pull up a, a day sheet cause I keep our day sheets. Now okay. we normally check out of a hotel at 1 30 PM, 1 45 we'll depart to the venue. Um, you have, a 5 p.m. band sound check. And then from there on, like you eat dinner from 5 to 8 p.m. Um, and then we go up, it, you know, is this, I'm trying to see if this is the one with Mary and Nas. I think this is the one that was just Mary because we were in um, Virginia. So it says 12.50 p.m. to 2 p.m. dark stage because the union will get you if you on stage. You know what I'm saying? You got to pay them tr- sometimes mm-hmm. double, triple scale. Wow. 5 p.m. is band sound check. 5 to 8 p.m. dinner served. 5 50 to 7 p.m. dark stage. 6 p.m. This is when Mary does her VIP meet and greets. Mm-hmm. Uh 6:30, the doors open. And we up at about 8:30. 8:30 p.m. And we done by 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the next city and do it all over again sometimes you know we'll get we'll get to the next city and have a day off but that's pretty much what it looks like gotcha so this is one thing that i don't know if you're able to or not but let's say it's mary and she has some other opening acts that are of course you know major as well but mm-hmm. she's the head headliner so is there ever a time where you guys do you guys always have to be in the back and you can't like experience or the other bands the other groups so y'all really want to be out there but y'all you know they got y'all kind of you know somewhere off off stage so that you can't you know be a part like how does no nope. so you we can't do you can't enjoy it no we can enjoy it we do enjoy it oh wow like okay. we get we get to see because you think about it we, we know the time that we need to be backstage to start getting ready because what's included in our prep time is prayer time so we want to be dressed 
and and I'll use Mary as an example. We want to be dressed in at Mary's door in the dressing room, ready to pray. She'll either come out of her dressing room or we'll go into the dressing room with her and we'll pray. But all of that time before the end. So like example, um, Nas, the tour we did last year was Mary and Nas. The dope situation was my homeboy Marcus Kinsey and uh, Swole, Derek Ray was playing, uh, Kinsey played keys, Swole played bass. So I went to go see Nas outside every night. I, I you know, just, and we knew when it was time for us to leave, we knew what song was getting ready to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his song was, I want to say it was, uh, Got Yourself a Gun. That's when we go get dressed. And then by the time we get out, he's uh, he's doing his last song of the night, which is One Mic. So <clears throat> the transition would be Nas, the drummer and DJ, they would leave the stage and the rest of Mary's band, we'd be getting on stage getting ready to start the show. But we got okay. to see, I got to see Jaheim when Jaheim used to open up for us. I got to see, I'm trying to think, uh, well, Mary went before Jay-Z on the Heart of the City tour, but I got to see Jay in the perform. Like it was, the, I was wow. actually a part of the band a couple of times for Jay's performance, so. Yeah, oh, that's what's up. So when the other guys getting off the stage, y'all able to like, man, y'all smashed. Yep, oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They turn around and they, then they come watch y'all. Like, man, that's, yep. that's gotta feel good too, man. Yeah, it's so. dude. And then to be around is it, all your comrades, you know what I'm saying? Catch that heavy hitters in the game, as well as, you know, if you want to consider yourself a heavy hitter, because they may look at you that way. But it's just good to be around other musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. So, man, you've had an opportunity to work with some major, major hitters. <clears throat> I want to know if you can. Matter of fact, you didn't you didn't you didn't talk about the comp tickets, but. <laughs> oh, let's talk about them. I forgot. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, this is how comp tickets work. This is how I learned. So the radio station or the label gives the gives the radio station tickets for contest winners. After so then after that, if Mary has family and friends that she wants to be there, they get it. Whatever's left, they'll may they may be gracious enough to be like, okay, here, what y'all need. But a lot of the uh, a great deal of time, they'll tell us this is a no comp tour. Don't ask us for comp tickets. If you want, if you want tickets, and, you, and if you want, don't want to wait, buy a ticket. We'll give you the order form. Sometimes they're gracious enough, and they'll plug us with tickets. Yeah. But and then yeah. if if you get tickets for the people, and they don't show up, it's coming Ooh. out of your check. What? <laughs> oh yeah. I was just right. I ain't never had that issue, boss. Because <laughs> I, I do every tour I ever did. I always would leave on my voicemail. Hey, what's up, Deshaun? If you calling for comp tickets, and go right now and go to www.ticketmaster.com. <laughs> well, this man, <laughs> I I was fortunate enough to uh, when I lived in Charlotte. You came down there with Lil Wayne yep. and uh, was able to get, I got comp tickets, Doc. Yes, I did. You sure did. did. You sure did. <laughs> man, the seat that I was in, I don't know how much it, it would have been, but it was the best seat almost in the house. And it was crazy, man, because I felt like 
wow i know this guy like this really that's my brother up there like man i, I was i was i was emotional bro <laughs> <laughs> This was at, I believe it was at the at the uh, arena where where the the Charlotte where where the basketball team plays. Yeah, and that particular set, man, you was way high. Man, I don't know if you, man they had y'all so high. Yeah, I was yeah. nervous as a hooker in church, bro. <laughs> I never forget the dog. Listen, <laughs> the first time, bro, we was rehearsing in Nashville, and. And, and and they showed us, I saw the contraption. I'm like, oh, this kind of looked dope. And then they showed me my station, and I was like, okay, so what's going to happen? It's like, yeah, so you're going to send 50 feet in the air. I had to wear a harness. Yeah. I was so, dude, listen. <laughs> All of the movement that I was doing in rehearsal up until, like, in band rehearsal, because I just knew we was going to be on some, like, kiss, mopping like crew yeah. kind of situation. Man, that thing lifted in the air and it was swinging a little bit. Man, <laughs> my feet locked, bro. I went. I was like, man, I ain't trying to die. Lord, Dude, keep me. <laughs> I couldn't believe how high you yeah. were, man. That, that, but but that then, was so epic, though, man. Like yeah. people still be talking about that to this day. That show, that show was bananas. And then he brought you down, and y'all played like back to back. He had his, oh. guitar, he had his guitar. Y'all, y'all was <laughs> yeah. playing. The, man, that was that was, <laughs> Dog, that like, was fun. Yeah, that's that's Wayne and his prime too. I'm like, this is crazy, right? Yeah. And, uh, who, who opened? I think T Pain opened up at that show. Oh man, it was T Pain. It was Carrie <laughs> uh, uh, Hilson, Gym Class Heroes, Gorilla Zoe, and Keisha yeah. Cole. Keisha Cole, that's what one. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her set was crazy too. Yeah, but yeah, man. That whole that whole joint was crazy, man. So, what would you say are your top three wild moments of of your career? Like, just I know you got a lot of them, but if you had to pick three, my top three wild moments. My very first one was um, the first DVD I did for Mary, and before the DVD happened, we was in the back praying in Denzel Washington and Puff. Was in the yeah. prayer circle. Wow! <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, son, this is nuts." <laughs> Second wild moment. Praying, praying with one eye open, huh? Yeah, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Second wild moment was playing the two thousand. What was it? Two thousand six, two thousand seven, Grammys. Mm. Listen, mm. I'm not ashamed to say I begged. I begged and pleaded with Mary's husband. I was like, come on, man. I want to play, bro. Like, I want to play the Grammys. Like, who can say they did that? You know, yeah. of course, he had to pick fun at me, but I ended up doing it. I had to wear a tuxedo. That sucked. But I was cool. <laughs> yeah. But that was a wild moment for me, playing the Grammys for the very first time. It blew my mind, man. And then the third wild moment for me, <laughs> and my homeboy, JJ, me and him, we spaz, bro. Puff ascended from the like he ascended from the stage floor on a Mary gig, and oh, when he wow. came, and when he ascended from the floor, I was like, ah! I was like, oh, I, got, I got lost, bro. I was like, yeah, this because I'm like, dude, I'm a part of I'm I'm a part of this moment. Yeah. And it, it just completely blew my mind, man. Like, this is a cat that I've watched on MTV, uh, VH1, 
the, the ruckus that he caused when he did the VMAs when he was on that flatbed truck and mm. then be part of that like you know I'm we Midwest but I love the East man the East Coast is I just I love the culture I love the swag the slang behind what they do they and they yeah. and they embrace me so mm. puff that blew my mind and then let me throw one more in so that's the three honorable mention um 2007 i'm in vegas with mary and we played the joint at hard rock and had a killer show show was super dope and we got through we went to the dressing room mary's dressing room can do mary's husband at the time he was like yo you know slash was out there i was like what <laughs> He's like, yes, right there. I said, I'm so glad you told me this now and not before we man. So we all go out. So it's me, Rex, JJ, um, and I want to say it was Omar Edwards or it was Monty Noob. I can't remember who the board player was at the time, but so we're standing. Nope, it was I forgot the girl name. Man, I can't think of she. Uh, she's legally blind, but she, she used to play for Prince. She caught Cassandra, oh, super mm. player. But um, so I'm standing. We all standing down in the hallway of the Hard Rock, and this entourage kind of splits us up, and they stop. And Slash was like, "Yo, are you the guitar player for Mary?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> He's like, dude, you're a badass, bro. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. That was another wild moment for me. Wow. So they was getting ready to go. He was hosting a party. And he was like, yo, what you get ready to do? I said, I'm going to go to the room, man. We got to leave in the morning. He's like, nah, nah, nah. So he had his bodyguard, one of his bodyguards, walk me up to my room and drop my guitar off. And I came back downstairs and hung out with him. For real. Wow. <laughs> and then I have met Slash again. We was doing the American Music Awards. And Slash was he walked right past us. Didn't even notice I was standing there. But his bodyguard was like, yo, there goes Sean. And he stopped, dapped me up and everything, and we chopped it up. Yeah. Man, that's love, man. That's what's up. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy because you know, I'm sure you don't encounter everybody with the same spirits, man. Some prop some people probably are like Slash welcome in but have you have you had to encounter any any kind of nasty attitudes or people that's real kind of uppity like have you i'm sure oh, you have just been out there say, i don't want to say uppity i i just understood what was happening i okay. played patty labelle the day that cross died mm. and bro she took it she didn't take it well at all and she had to perform and then if I can if memory serves me correctly, that woman talk about hot flashes, like we talk about drinking water. You know, when they talk about they get up there and age. So man, we had to do good morning America that day, and then had to get right on a, a bus, not no tour bus. We got on one of them like <laughs> glamorous <Same buses>. bus. <laughs> <laughs> and go to Connecticut to play a casino. Man, when I say this, she, she they should have let her cancel this show so she could grieve because the band that was playing, it was a bunch of older guys, and it was like nobody knew the Lord's Prayer. Ooh. And she sung that at the end. 
of the show. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knew it, bro. It was in in the look on her face <laughs> when she looked at us and she flipped us. She's like, oh, fired. Because we was all higher hands anyway. <laughs> Oh wow. Jesus Christ! I just got fired by Patty Labelle. Dang! <laughs> oh, she cussed out a guy that was. <laughs> she didn't really cuss him out, but he was just. She was singing a Michael McDonald song, and he was just standing there looking at her like. And she asked, "She's like, is oh, excuse me, ma'am, is he with you?" She's like, he can take his ass in the back. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo, son. Patty don't play up. Dog, Patty don't play. That was that was the most bizarre experience that I've ever had. And that, that shook me to my core because I was scared of that woman, man. Like Patty the Bell come off when you meet her, and she is cool. Like I, I seen her at later later on in life, and she was like, hey son. But yeah. that day, I just thought she was Auntie Patty. She wasn't Auntie Patty that day. She was like, man, I'm feeling everything moving out here. Right. <laughs> wow. Man, that's crazy. That's a, that's a great story, bro. <laughs> Glad you brought that up. <laughs> I want to ask you a couple more questions. Um, I want you to be honest about it, even if you need to think about it. Okay. But, um, <clears throat> so the question I have for you is, have you ever bit from the fruit of pride and i guess what i'm saying is being that you play with mary j lil wayne jill scott angie stone pag labelle you know have you ever had the moments where you kind of you know had had them them prideful moments like i'm that nigga kind of moment right yeah right yeah. no 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 i have not thank god i ain't man and yeah. it's so crazy because <clears throat> i've been around people that would say stuff like we finna blow these jokers' heads out uh when we doing the show. And my whole thing is like, no, we not. <laughs> we finna get up here, we finna play the style of music that we play. And then this artist is they're gonna get up and they're gonna play the style of music that they play. And it's gonna all be able to coexist together. Yeah. Now, when we in rehearsal, I don't think it's a prideful moment. But you'd be so overwhelmed with excitement because you listening to everything come together and mm -hmm. how the show is going to be. You'd be like, woo, like this <laughs> is slapping. But not in the sense of like, yeah, we better than this person and that person. Yeah. My grandfather always told me, you ain't never too old to learn nothing. You ain't better than nobody. It's somebody out there bigger and better than you. So yeah. yeah. And, and my boy Kwame used to tell me, you got two ears and one mouth, do more listening than you be talking. And I feel like all of that equates to it, it, it helps to keep things in proper perspective. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm out on the road playing with all of these artists, but guess what? I can get fired. Mm -hmm. I can get fired in a minute and in, 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 in management won't think nothing about it. Yeah. So I take everything with the, with the air of humility, man, just grateful that I'm able to do it. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, what's what's some of those things that 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 keep you grounded? Um, I mean, another thing people might not know that's listening, like when you're not on the road, you can be found in your local church. Absolutely. So why is that? Because man, I love to play. I love to play, and then this is a gift that God has given me, and 
what better way than to give to give back to God than to be at church, to play at church, to worship God. And plus, yeah. for me, that is me playing the guitar at church. That's my worship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not no speaking in tongue, dude. I can't dance, but <laughs> God used me to play the guitar. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm just Mario just chuckled. Like, he, like he got a video of you dancing somewhere or something. Right. <laughs> I, I just, I just had a vision, man. I thought about Greg Collier that he would have went in on that moment. Can you imagine Shy dancing? Oh, that's funny. The thought of that is hilarious. <laughs> That boy said, I ain't no talking and speaking in tongues type dancing kind of. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man, but that's my worship, man. Me playing guitar is my worship. And when I get home, I'm going to church to worship. Yeah. Regardless yeah. if I if I got paid or not. Because yeah. we live in the day and age now where we get paid to play at church. You know, I I still, if, 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 tasked with doing it uh without pay i think i still would do it because it's my worship man for real yeah That's and i must man. say i must concur with the fact you are probably one of the most humble musicians that i've ever known who has as far as the category of where you are like you you could be braggadocious right you could be that dude but you are one of the humblest this is even before i even met you and got to know you you have been one of the most humblest musicians and approachable musicians that I've ever known. So uh, kudos yeah. to that. Thank yeah. you, man. I think about people that I've met and some experiences not been the best. Others have been cool. And, you know, in them situations, I've, my mind and my heart is like, I don't never want to be that person. Yeah. I don't ever want to be unapproachable. You know what I'm saying? I want people to be able to approach me now. Don't be on no foolishness. Like, I <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that. Like you've gone somewhere with that, but in, in the sense of just you know being able to sit down and chop it up with somebody because I'm not the artist, not yet. You know, Sean hitting the shotgun. We on our way to the top, but right That's now it. I play with Mary J. Blige and Jill Scott. And guess what? When them tours is over, they go to their million dollar mansion. And I go to my two bedroom apartment in the sky. Like <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> That's real, man. So I want to ask you something too. With so many talented musicians in this world, like how have you been able to stand out and stay booked for all these years? What do you think are some tools and tips that you can give to somebody listening that keeps you relevant and keeps you working? That's a good question, Mario, because I honestly don't know why I keep getting phone calls. I'm being completely honest with you, man. Like I quit playing with Mary in 2008 and right after I had finished the John Legend tour, uh, I want to say this, this was the tour I did when it was John Legend in India, Ari. Uh, Mary's tour manager called and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm at home. Uh, you busy? You want to come? You want to come out? How soon did you need me? Yesterday. Dude, that's God all day, man. You know, yes, the Bible says your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. So I, I can only equate that to that because I honestly, truthfully, do not consider myself to be the greatest guitarist 
when you think about cats like Charlie Burrell, Lawrence Jones, John Jubu Smith, um, Eric Walls, Errol Cooney, like Jerez Mose, Agape, like these dudes, <laughs> they are the quintessential greats in the game right now. If you look on anything on Instagram with bands that are playing with all of these major artists that are now, you don't see me playing with them. You see those guys playing with them. They're in California. They're, they're exactly what they need to be. And they definitely have something to offer for me. It's grace and mercy, man. God, he, he allows me to, to, to leave a lasting impression on people. So, I would say it's deeper than what you play. Of course, you want to practice. Of course, you want to study the music. You want to know the music. But you also just want to trust the process, man. You also want to, you know, be careful how you treat people. You know, it, it, it's about your personality. I learned this lesson from from listening to Lionel Richie. I was in, I was earshot of the conversation in California when I was living there. And I heard him say, this business is, what did he say? He said it was 99% personality and 1% talent. Mm, and he wow. broke it down and said, dude, you could be the most talented individual, but if your personality ain't sweet, you just damage the goods. Yeah. But if, wow. you, if you have a great personality and an okay talent, that's, we can work with that. We can work. That's something that can be worked with. So um, I'm not saying I'm whack on guitar. I just feel like I got a long way to go. And I'm 41. I'm grateful. And and the, so the advice that I'm giving that I would give is the advice that I'm taking myself. Like relationships are, are very, very, very important. And how you treat people, that's also very important because your name is going to pop up. At, at some point, my name popped up uh, around 2007, 2008. Teddy Campbell had called me. I was at, I'll never forget, I was at home. I was at Cracker Barrel in Milwaukee. And Teddy called me. This was around the time that I was getting ready to do the Grammys with Mary. And Teddy was like, yo, you need to be out here because Christina Aguilera is holding a casting call for guitar players. I like to think that that had everything to do with my how I how I treated Teddy with the utmost respect because Teddy is from Chicago. I admire musicians from Chicago. He was Teddy Campbell was like to me one of the reasons why I played the drums the way that I played. So I paid attention to you know I I always remember that and then to see him out of L.A. And I'm able to sit down and talk with him and dap him up and shake his hand and get advice and stuff like that. And for him to call me, that's a relationship. So relationships are important. They they are. They really, really are, man. Because yeah. you never know who's looking for somebody and your name will pop up. Yeah, yeah. Very true, man. I think, um, like you said, character, personality, all those things are so key. And, um, and the, the one thing that I, I think kind of even trumps all of that is just being genuine i think yeah. when you are genuine 
that's what that's what people feel people know that and yeah. you don't forget you know you you could tell when somebody come up to you like hey bro man you you know they're trying to gas you up and you yeah. can tell it's just kind of like it's, it's it's not it's not genuine it's forced but when you yeah. can just be yourself be confident in who you are and walk around and be around people man i i've, I've had the opportunity to be around some, some great people in life and the thing that I, I i would try my best not to get starstruck that would be the number one thing because i always felt like you know i'm only one song away from where you are as well you know what i'm saying I so I, I would be in their presence and i wouldn't i wouldn't treat them like i would treat them just like i you know quite respectfully but i think it goes so far when people can tell that you genuinely don't you you ain't looking for nothing from them you just genuinely just want to have a conversation just talk to them you're not forcing your way into conversations you, you know sometimes People can be in a group talking to somebody else, and, and if you want it so bad, now you trying to, hey man, bro, you should listen to this CD, man. I got this. That ain't the way to go. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, like you said, these these relationships, you have to be mindful of opportunities when they when they come, and and take advantage of them, and do well by people. And I think that's so key, man, because like all the guests that have been on this show, man, everybody's touched on relationships. JB could tell you, man, and, and it's key. It's key, and I think relationships have to go beyond. The, the talent and the skill because there's a lot of talented and skilled people out here you know what i mean so and at the end of the day head off quick yeah 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 so it's like you know you got to have people around you and connected to you that we don't talk often but when we do talk it's like you know like we just talked yesterday we just spoke yesterday and that's just how, how it always is when you when you have like-minded people genuine people so yeah man i can attest to that um and you were good at first you said i don't know how i don't know why but i'm glad you because you did it's, it's number one is god it's your character it's you doing you being professional you know what i'm saying learning the material because somebody as skillful as you man could just probably just show up and it's like that ain't good enough in, in some of these spaces like you can't rely all the way on just your talent and your gift like you gotta learn this material so that people will know like yeah he studied yeah we good <laughs> so, right yeah, man it's true yes man. sir yeah man but yeah man we're gonna we so far i'm just enjoying it so many people online man um uh, i wanted to just kind of just shout out a few names that i've seen throughout the time eric simmons lillian monique daryl benson ray ray that's our homie man uh johnny c williams Dion cole cage kai cage tony cole stevie brown phoebe alexander john causey carrick stevens dennis nash it's a lot i ain't gonna go out bishop nichols kevin the Aaron Ferrians, also another awesome guitarist from the mill. Yeah, um, yeah, man. So, yeah, we having a, having a great discussion, man. And it's just about over. I wanted to ask you, um, uh, uh, what do you like to do in your in your free time outside of music? Cook. That's something we may be surprised. You said cook. Oh, listen, Jack. What? I make the meanest five flavor cake. <laughs> so you talking about bacon? Yeah, I used to I bake. Cook. I can do. I can fry me some wings, Jack. Come on here now. <laughs> I can fry some wings and I can bake me some cake, fam. I heard Bishop Hines. We was at a funeral, and this was like the like maybe the fifth time I heard Bishop Hines talk about this five flavored cake that Mark <laughs> Harris' mama made. Mm. And he said he could never get the like he every time he would ask for the. The ingredients, I don't think he got them. So one day I told Bishop, I said, yo, I'm making this cake. He said, no, you make this cake. He said, save me a piece. <laughs> Nigga, let me tell you what I did, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I went online and 
packed in five flavor cake. <laughs> I got all of my ingredients, man. Yeah. I put that cake together, bro. My it was my first time making the cake, cat. Yeah. And I took it. I, I of course I my wife and the kids, they ate it, they loved it. I saved Bishop a piece. I actually cut a few pieces. I took my uh my cousin Bird, because his fiance, Kim Sweets, who make cakes. I yeah. gave her a piece. I just wanted to see what people thought about it. Right. Bishop called me on the two. I gave him the cake Tuesday night after Bible study. He called me that night. He said, Sean. <laughs> he said, Sean, you you made this cake? I said, yes, sir. He said, I need a whole cake back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm dude, that's my thing. Like when I'm not when I'm not making music. I'm I'm baking or I'm cooking. I ain't well. If my wife was, if she came out here and heard, be like, he ain't cooked in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, shame the devil. Right, because he cooked it. But right. I do. That's I, I, it's something that I it, I enjoy. As of rate, as of recently, I've been working on music, so I ain't really been. I've been enjoying my wife's cooking. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw that. Oh, and yeah, dude, I gotta say this because y'all was talking about. Um, but uh, about what's the exit strategy for you know? Can you see yourself touring for you know for a long period of time, or 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 at what point do you say I'm done, dude? Yeah. The Rolling Stones, they've been touring for over fifty years. Wow! And them Joker said that they they'll be done touring when they done living. Wow. Mm. I'm not tired yet. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> wow. That's what's up. And I feel like, man, like, I, okay, I'm, I'm on my second passport. Thank you, God. Wow. My, I, and and I'm, I'm not even halfway through it yet. I'm dedicating the rest of my passport and passport number three to Sean Hen and Shotgun Tour and mm-hmm. going over. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. dedicating to. And I feel like, we got, I got so much more in me, man. And, and, and now as a front man and the lead guitarist, the sky's the limit right now, man. I'm let's just, talk I'm, about that. Yeah. Let's, let's talk yeah, about I'm, that. I'm glad I, you that, said that, that Mario. Last, yeah, that was the last question that I wanted to ask you, too. I, I purposely wanted to say that, you know, for the end. And I kind of wanted to frame it as, you know, being somebody that's multi-talented and being able to have a couple different things. Number one, multiple streams of income as well as just being able to uh, take advantage of all the gifts that, that God has given you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you, you, you're not just a guitarist. You're also a singer, a songwriter and um, a drummer. So th- the fact that you're able to reinvent yourself and not even reinvent yourself, but be able to, you know, expand is, is a beautiful thing. So tell everybody about Sean hitting and shotgun. Like where did this come from? Has this, has this been something that's, been in you for a while and it's just not we're just now seeing it but you've known it was planted or you know and what can we expect man it happened so abruptly and that's the only way i can describe it because it was shortly after the love story album that i had did that you helped me write i still love that you don't want me that's my favorite song out there. Uh, what? <laughs> I, I, it it. I forgot it, it, to me. <laughs> it. but after i did that album because it, it was my first time singing, because I was, again, I was nervous as a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs. You sing. Where do you get this stuff from, man? <laughs> I got married in South Mississippi, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I, it, it, the love story opened the door to, to build on my confidence as a singer because, you know, with you, Mario, and Chad inspiring me to do so, it, it just, it, it, it really just started to make sense. And then I feel like, okay, well, dude, I'm not a crooner because the, the, the love story album was me trying to be a crooner. When I'm mm-hmm. really, uh, I'm, dude, I'm, I promise, I feel like I'm a rock star. Like I'll be yelling and screaming and yeah. playing and, you know. Yeah. And, and I did an instrumental album. The name of the album was called The Happy Hour LP. And I had an apartment downtown and Olin, was the first one to come by the crib and I played him the I played him one of the songs. He was like, that's it. I don't care who you I don't care what's happening. I'm playing drums. And then Alvin <laughs> heard it. He was like, yeah, bro, we gotta do this. And then I was like, Darren need to do it. So I'm like, this is shotgun. Like, cause we all played around the city together so much. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We we played in churches together. We played in choirs together. So it just made all the sense in the world to have Olin, Alex, and Darren, and TJ be a part of the situation, you know, with, with Shotgun. And then my homeboy, Afton, had came later on, my cousin Afton, and then Sean Williamson, the lap steel player, he came. But we now we're down, we're back to the core five, which is cool. It makes sense. But it that's how abruptly it happened. Olin was like, I don't care. I'm playing drums for this. And after the Happy Hour LP, we immediately started working on the Long Live Shotgun album. I wrote that whole album, Rio. You would have been proud, bro. Wow, man. I've heard a lot of it and just amazed, bro. I was going to ask you, too, is this a collective uh, effort, like as far as um, writing the music and things like that? Do y'all get together and, and create, or is it pretty much you you coming to them saying, hey, I got this idea, and we work, and you work around that? I got this idea, like this, okay. this new album, uh, Reloaded. Dude, I I made this album in like almost two or three weeks. Mm. What I did was I sent like I sent everybody because with this quarantine we can't really get together like we want to. So mm. I record everything in Logic. I send Alex the song with the bass with what I'm playing. I said, Nah, do you on this song? Yeah. Oh, and he heard because I you know all my drum programming being Logic. Owen just he took it to uh one of the homies ryan Miz brown his studio and cut the drums darren cut his guitar at his house i cut the backing vocals lead vocals right here oh, yeah yeah <laughs> right here and 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 that's that's it and i learned how to mix from listening to chad and yeah. finish the album and and that's it that but wow. i'll make sure that they're included in the process like even with the horror stories that I would hear watching VH1 behind the music and how cats would get cheated out of writers and publishing. And, and we know how important writer yeah. and publishing is. Mm-hmm. I, made, I, I made a deal with the fellas. I said, listen, man, I said, I know that we weren't able to get in the studio together and cut. And I said, and I know it's, it's, it's all me. I said, but no, nah, man, I said, I want us to all, I said, the only way we gonna win this Grammy is if we win these Grammys together. I said, so we're going to bust the writer and publishing down the middle for this album. Like we all, we'll all get an equal share of writer and publishing. So when we win our Grammys, when we win our BET awards or whatever it is, they're, they're going to see all our names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. 
Well, yeah, man, I'm I'm extremely excited and happy for you, man. The only thing I'm a little salty about is that you don't need me no more, man. Man, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Because I show can't holler and squall or not. <laughs> That's funny. God didn't give me that, man. I'm, I'm that crooner. I don't know how to holler, man. It's the crooner. I wish I could. <laughs> I just want to speak to that song that you did for on SoundCloud. Uh, I Can't Breathe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that is one of my favorite this one, one of my favorite this season song, man. I, I, uh, I remember first hearing that. I was like, dude, this song is just so, it's so empty, but it's just, I, I love that song, man. That, that's one of my favorite songs that you do. It was, it, that song came after seeing all of this stuff that was happening. The, you know, we was fresh off of the hills of the Miller Coors incident, yep. claiming the vibes, and then with the, the George Floyd incident, and then thinking about the Frank Jude, all, and it was like, man, and the, the, the George Floyd thing just really messed with me. I was yeah. sitting at my, at my computer looking at the TV, and, and I found this loop. And I played the loop, and I was like, help. That's his last words. Right. I said, dude, that's all you need. You don't need really need to add, like, the little guitar solo I added at the end, I probably could have did without. But, it, but that I just wanted the meat and potatoes to be his last words man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's good stuff man man god bless me bro like rio i can't say it enough jb mario brown to me is one of the dopest songwriters absolutely like, did, hands down did the love story album when i did the love story album i asked him to be a part of it because i just every time big sound would be in the studio big sound would be chad mario me lachey milton we would be in the studio and I would be the dude that would supply the beat some of the time, you know what I'm saying? But I will always sit down and listen to Mario and to get him to help me to write on my love story album, it, it birthed in me the ability to tap into being a songwriter. Dude, I just, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Kevin Sucre. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Kevin asked me in May, uh, Louisville, Kentucky had issued Mayor Tom Barrett to a song off. They challenged him to a song off. And it was something to help people get through the COVID pandemic. Mm. And um, Kevin asked, like, yo, would you be interested in taking a stab at it? I was like, sure. The fact that I was even considered to be like, okay, y'all got to really think I'm a dope songwriter to yeah. ask me to do that. Right. And right. I wrote the song, I wrote the, the name of the song I wrote was called Milwaukee Strong. Mm-hmm. And, and the mayor's office heard it. Uh, 88.9 here in Milwaukee, the a local radio station heard it, and Tom Mayor Tom Barrett ended up making July 24th Milwaukee Strong Day based off of a song that I wrote. Wow. So it's like Milwaukee's oh. national anthem. But in that moment, all I could think about was like Mario and Chad because those <laughs> are I set up under. I'm like, man, like wow. I, I gotta let Mario hear this. I gotta let Chad hear this. Chad's like, yeah, I heard it. Nigga's dope. Right, yeah, man. Like, I, 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 Mario, hands down, man, one of the greatest songwriters. And then to hear that his son is a songwriter, too. Right. So the fruit don't fall far from the tree at all, man. Absolutely. Seriously, yeah, man. First of all, thank you, bro. Uh, yes, that sir. means a lot. I'm definitely humbled, uh, to even have any type of impact. 
um that's that's why we exist you know what i'm saying to be yeah. to inspire others and you inspire me you know i'm glad to hear that i've inspired you and um you know our city needs us it needs jb it needs sean hinton it needs mario j brown it needs we need each other you know what i'm Absolutely. saying like we all have so many valuable things that we can bring to the city which is why um the, the at the core of this podcast is is my city our city you know what i'm saying like I, I feel like there's we've been exposed to some things that a lot of people haven't been exposed to and so this platform is now bringing it to you know everybody who will listen you know what i mean so i'm just going to continue to encourage people to to to, to jump on and, and get these lifelong these life lessons and tools and tips and you know just use it and and allow god to to open the door because ultimately you know he's he's the one that opens the door but these yeah. are things that that help you to prepare and then it helps you to be sustained once you get to this place so um yeah bro thank you so much for being a part uh jumping on tonight you know this ain't this the first time but it won't be the last time Absolutely. you know we want to know um how we can support you so if the last thing i want you to tell us is just whatever you got going on right now just real quick tell us how we can support you and uh give us your social media handles okay so all the social media handles i'm i'm, I'm focusing on my band shotgun so uh twitter and instagram is at sean's shotgun that's s-h-o-n-n-s-s-h-o-t-g-u-n sean shotgun that's instagram that's twitter that's facebook our website is www.seanshotgun.com we got an album dropping november 6th but we doing pre-order sales october 9th when you pre-order the album october 9th you instantly get our latest single I don't play. Um, and then I'll hold you over until November 6th. And when I say it's going to hold you over because mm -hmm. the song is big, the chorus says, I don't play. I dropped out of school because of recess because I don't play. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That song is talking about don't fool with me. Take me serious. Yeah, I don't yeah. play. So I that's like that. hold you over. It's an up-tempo, upbeat. You're going to love it. You're going to be dancing around the house. And, and, and it's I know we look. I look urban, but I'm a I'm a classic rock head to the heart. I'm like I'm a rock dude to the heart and soul, man. So it got some quartet squalls in it. Yes, sir. I'm a yeah. classic rock dude till I can't breathe no more. Me yeah. and Jamie talking about it. I'm a rock star, baby. Come on here, Doc. You a rock star? That's it. <laughs> but that's it, man. Make sure you just 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 stay tuned. Then please pre-order the album. We really would love. The city of Milwaukee support. We really would, man. Yeah, yeah. Can Thank we, you, man. So I just want to ask: Can we can we get that on Shotgun's uh, website? That's how we pre-order. Yep. Okay, yes, you can pre-order on the website, and you can actually go on on the ninth. You can go to Apple. Uh, what is it? iTunes, Apple Music, all of that. It'll be there. Okay, cool. There you go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, man. We don't take this lightly, bro. Um, you know, even though we're in relationship and friendship, man just I, I i value you and uh respect you just like i would do anybody else that's been on this show so thank you for agreeing to you know just spend some time and chatting with us man giving us some insight on some of the stories you have as well as some tips and tools on how to become a um you know a role musician and what it takes you know so that's very valuable man so our uh podcast is now available on apple music so we just ask that you would um you know, just, yeah just share it with whoever and uh whoever you think can benefit from it and we'll give you the audio to this so we do this live just so people can kind of get a visual but the okay. more important thing is we take the audio from these sessions and we put it we upload it to uh apple music podcast and some other uh 
platforms as well so but yeah man that's all we got for tonight man i appreciate you we went a little appreciate bit over you, time but it was it was okay. well worth it man well yeah. worth it yeah so give give my love to uh the fam man and um you know we definitely be in touch bro okay man thank you all right. yes sir all right, all right. Yep, yep yeah yeah jb yeah we did it another yes, show sir yes sir yes sir. Man, that was really good that was a really good show we there was so much more i wanted to ask we got to, we got to bring him on again oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah man sean is you know he's he's a, a very great guy man somebody you just want to keep on the phone and just keep talking to for real <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man so um yeah this is uh season two this was episode number seven, seven? yeah yeah so we got two more episodes this week so we're monday wednesday friday then we'll be taking another break and coming back to you but um again you guys uh jb any final words you want to share uh just like always go to our facebook page well you're on our facebook page if you're if you're watching this live you see it on facebook we're here monday wednesday and friday 7 p.m east 7 p.m central 8 p.m eastern we're also on uh apple um podcast at mjb music with jb uh, we just uploaded bridget um Marette brown clark and rico love they're all live on, on our on podcast right now so you can go listen to those uh, re-listen to those interviews uh, some very good knowledge and information there and then also we're on YouTube uh, Monday, Wednesday and Friday 7pm Central, 8pm Eastern Yes sir Yes sir, well till next time you all enjoy your week and uh, again thanks for tuning in we'll talk to you soon Absolutely Peace